This is Scheme to Death with noted college football columnist Murph Baldwin delving deep into scheme and personnel as only he can do. And now, your host, Murph Baldwin. Baldwin. Trojan fans. Going on. You are tuned back into Scheme to Death with your boy Murph Baldwin from Trojansports.com. If you're not a member of Trojansports.com, make sure you copy yourself a subscription upon hearing this so you can see the best dang coverage of them Trojans on the interwebs. I don't care who you think it is. Scout.com 24-7. Uh, whoever, all these clown sites Nobody's doing it better than Trojansports.com Nobody has the type of knowledge that we have collectively When you factor in my man, the best beat writer in the business In that LA media, and that is one Adam J. Maya, my man Adam's always on the ground level giving you what you need and If you talk about a great recruiting expert for all you guys that are into recruiting, which I know is a ton of people as recruiting is so huge, that my man Chris Swanson, a.k.a. Swanee, he has the goods. You know nobody's breaking down film like your boy Murph. That goes without even saying, so I dare you to find somebody or find a group of people covering those Trojans better than Trojansports.com. So cop yourself a subscription right now. Actually, not now, but right now. But right now, man, I'm giving to a little bit of the Western Michigan thing. Obviously, my thing is to preview in an analysis form the game coming up because my man's Chris Wane and Adam J. Maya, they do the recap of the game and they do a darn good job of that. So I just try to give something a little bit different, do a little bit of analysis like I had with Western Michigan last week. And one of the things I told you guys about Western Michigan, I know some of you are down in the dumps. I already know how Trojan fans are. They're looking for perfection from a team that very well could be in the college football playoffs. Speaking of, it'd be a, it's going to be a dog fight out there in the college football playoffs. If you saw what Alabama and Florida State was slinging in that heavyweight matchup, that was a real matchup. Not like Conor McGregor getting his ass whipped. I got to keep harping on that, man, because people were making me mad about that, man. You're going to come into someone else's sport, and I'm a big MMA guy, probably bigger than boxing. But come on, man, it's a sport. Just like when you're playing Western Michigan, it's still a sport, and physicality is the great equalizer. And I was telling you guys that on the last Scheme to Death at Trojansports.com podcast, that if Western Michigan can't do anything, it can run that dang ball because it has about three different tailbacks who are all NFL-type prospects, late-round draft picks, maybe some mid-round-type draft picks, but they can run that ball, and that's what they're built around. They're built around physicality. They weren't out there rowing the boat or whatever P.J. Fleck was doing and not building a little bit of physicality. If you're going to row some boat, man, <laughs> you're going to row a boat, you got to be a little physical. You would have to think, right? So those guys are mashing it, man. I, I broke down a concept. From the head coach Tim Lester when he was at Syracuse, and you saw a little bit of uh, a little bit of variance off of that, but mostly, man, they were running them inside zones, man, a little bit of that power, and they were mashing. And I don't know what that says for USC moving forward. 
this is something that I said in the podcast before. You'll see has to show me that it can defend the run because up against some of the better run teams, I always thought I had mixed results. But you're going to want favorable results going against Stanford because Stanford is going to be like Western Michigan on steroids as far as the run game. Um, But it also has the ability to morph itself into a power passing attack. Now, what's a power passing attack? I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. All right. But first, man, I want to give a shout out to some of the guys in the game that I, you know me, man, big time. I market, have a business where I market running backs and I have some high school running backs that I market who are um, some big time talents out there. So I'm real big on offensive linemen, run games, run concepts and everything like that. Uh, It's my favorite part of the sport. And to see a cat like Ronald Jones add some dimensions to his game that I didn't necessarily see on film the first two years. Um, <laughs> it is exciting to see. Like, it's only so much you can glean from a game against West- Western Michigan where they had to travel to L.A., even though I told you Western Michigan was a pretty good team. So I'm not sure why people are down. Western Michigan is a pretty good team that would probably do that to most to most teams, especially a team that's playing Western Western Michigan and then playing a big time rival the next week. It's only it's only in your human nature to look past a, a, a one off game like that where you don't really know those guys or anything like that. And you got your guys coming the next week who you really want to get after. Right. Uh, so, man, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. But the eye in the sky don't lie. There were things that. When you look on, when you look at it, it's just like uh, I don't know. But one of those things is that run game is looking mighty fantastic with that one-two punch that I thought with your man Stephen Carr, the true freshman who I mentioned. Uh, shout out to Aka Cedric Ware as well. He'll, he'll he'll get some shine. But man, you talk about being explosive, Ronald Jones with that newfound physicality. It's one thing to break tackles. By converting speed to power, which I know is a is more of a trench term, but running backs do that as well, man. If somebody's running fast enough at you, if you play ball, somebody's running fast enough at you, it seems a lot more powerful than it is, and they're going to break tackle, but it's not necessarily through physicality. It's through them erasing angles. You know what I mean? Stuff like that, and that's what he was doing before. But, man, now he's lowering that shoulder and squaring people up, and you, you start getting a cat that's that fast and that quick running into you like that. Man, it had a it has a whole different effect. And I was wondering who's going to be able to bring a little bit of that with Justin Davis being gone, at least from the guys who are on the regular rotation. Uh, man, he's looking like very well could be a short yardage back one. He's going to need to do that anyway if he wants to really um, contend on being a, a first two round draft pick, which I think he has the talent to be. No doubt about that. But man, Stephen Carr. I'm not sure, man. He may be even faster than Ronald Jones. This is a kid that I said before I saw work in person at our five-star challenge, the Rivals five-star challenge that was here in Atlanta, and it was stacked with crazy talent. I'm talking about Najee Harris, Cam Akers, Stephen Carr, and, man, it was one of, oh, DeAndre Swift, Georgia, Georgia running back. So you got Cam Akers, Florida State, Najee Harris. Of course, you guys know from California, went to Alabama. DeAndre Swift, Georgia, and then our guy right here, Stephen Carr, who looked just as good as those guys, man. A lot bigger than you think. Um, definitely ripped, but a lot thicker through 
uh, throughout the frame as well with some room to grow. So he could very well be 205, 210 pounds before it's all said and done. Very Ronald Jones-esque. <laughs> so, man, you talk about a lightning and lightning combination and eventual thunder and thunder combination because those guys are that versatile. Now, that's a run game for you right there. I'm really digging that. I'm really digging some of the concepts. Of course, I said that those guys are going to be killing those outside and inside zones. That's what they were doing. They were definitely were killing inside zone. And you know inside zone by um, kind of the, the Bowen factor. And when you see almost looks like the read option when you see Sam Darnold kind of holding the mesh point type thing. But it's a it's a design block. So you'll see that by they take a zone step. Uh, you don't head towards the line first. You kind of step towards the quarterback and then you get downhill from there. So it gives you a little bit more of a downhill factor in the inside zone, which makes it although zone is considered more of a finesse play inside zone is almost like a power concept, especially when you talk about the offensive line comboing up to the next level. And I saw those guys really getting after it that way. So you can see a lot of the athleticism reigning supreme in some of those runs run concepts like that. But I don't know if Western Michigan had the talent to really test the offensive line from a pass protection standpoint. And Sam Darnold's not the type of cat that gets sacked a lot anyway, just because he gets rid of the fall, the ball fast. And he has a pretty keen understanding of what a West coast offense is all about. So I know that people are going to be down on this particular receiving corpse. When I told you before, it looks like a whole bunch of slot receivers playing amongst and throughout the formation with one man like Steven Mitchell and Deontay Burnett. Uh, and these guys like that. I see some of those crossers, man. They're running those shallow crossers and being able to get yards after the catch. That's what it's going to be about. You're going to want those guys in every possible way to start cheating up. And that's when you start breaking those long gainers like you did at the end. And, man, they were breaking off some really good gainers throughout the run game. And then eventually you start taking those deep shots. So, But San Darno wasn't without fault as well. I mean, obviously one of the – Intercessions not necessarily his fault, but that one when they're in the third quarter where he was throwing uh, a fade, it may have been a fade. Um, man, he was under duress and he kind of threw off his back foot. So he can be he can he can gunsling like that. I think there's no harm, no fall with this particular game if he can follow it up with a really good game against Stanford. As you were talking about, as far as the Heisman race, so I don't know. To me, I know people might poo poo on the idea and talk about because. Sam Darnold's such a good quarterback, but he's no better of a quarterback than Andrew Luck was. I think Andrew Luck's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen, especially at the college level. I mean, there was nothing that he couldn't do. And Stanford was still a run-first team because of the type of tailbacks that it had. And when it was more of a passing outfit towards his red shirt, sophomore red shirt junior year, Andrew Luck, it was definitely some quick game stuff going to those tight ends, which we will see now. It's actually seemed like they've really evolved their scheme almost from a 360-degree standpoint to where it's looking like Andrew Luck days back in the day because they are tight end up. They had some nasty tight ends if you guys watched the game that they had against Rice. Some tons of talent on this Stanford team. And if guys been following my work, man, you know that. I love me some Stanford. I love those. I love David Shaw. I love everything it stands for just for the fact that I grew up playing physical football. And I always felt like Stanford was uh, playing like Southern type football out in the West Coast. And I talk about that in an article that I have coming out on Trojansports.com 
when they are big time tendency breakers and they deviate from the norm, meaning USC, the way it's playing in the Stanford, the way it's been playing, will kind of be more of a switch up than than your norm. And even though it's traditional concepts, the norm now has become a lot of spread, a lot of up tempo type stuff. Stanford, man, they'll go at a snail speed pace. Uh, they don't care. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't care. It's, it's just one of those physicality is the great equalizer things because it, Stanford's never going to have the type of talent that SC has, but it can get those SC-like results just from the type of ball that it plays. And should you imagine the type of talent that SC has in playing that type of ball? You very well could see uh, USC being like LSU or Florida State or Georgia. Well, not necessarily Georgia, uh, like Alabama and those those teams like that, just because of the talent messed with that type of style. I know when it's, it's in vogue on the West Coast, which it has been. If you think about West Coast football, you're usually thinking about throwing the ball around the yard and receivers and quarterbacks. That's where all the good receivers and quarterbacks usually come from. And around here is where great offensive linemen and running backs and uh, things of that sort, tight ends, usually come from around here in the South. So, man, you can match those principles, man. You can have yourself a dang good squad, which we really saw against Western Michigan. But then it's all about that defense, too, man. You have to, to me, when you practice, I've always noticed this on depending on the team that I played on. The more teams that we played on that ran the ball, we were that much more physical on defense because that's what we went up against. When we would go up against our own offense that was much more of a passing attack, we wouldn't have that type of physicality. So when we ran up against a team like Western Michigan that could throw the ball for like 60 yards, I'm not sure how many yards the quarterback had. He didn't have many, but I know they had some They had some, some yards on the ground. I have to go back and check the stats, but I'm not big on stats. I can just see from from watching the game that they were able to turn some turn some yardage out on the ground, some physical yardage. So there you go. You're going to see a lot more of that with Stanford. No doubt about that. On the defensive side of the ball, shout-outs to Cam Smith. Cam Smith is always doing his thing, man. Cam Smith is usually everywhere. He's just very solid. I don't think anything stands out about Cam Smith as far as his athleticism or anything like that. He's just solid in everything. Nothing nothing dynamic like a sewer Cravens you would see. Man, speaking of sewer Cravens, come on, man. What the heck is going on with him? What's going on with a lot of USC stuff going on in the NFL? Your man Zach Banner getting cut by the Colts. Picked up by the Broncos. I tried to tell y'all before, man. Y'all, y'all were hyping Zach Banner up to be something, something more than he was. I know, I know he's big and he can function in certain certain areas, but I thought he's a little bit overrated. And um, man, he's already been cut from one team in the NFL. But Sue Cravens is the truth. I don't know what's going on with dude, man. Re- retiring and not retiring and. People saying that he wanted to retire from football when he was at USC. It's crazy, man. You always see guys with a lot of talent like that. And those are usually the guys that probably what you would consider more of the head cases. But, man, hopefully he continues to play football because he's definitely fun to watch at Washington, just like it was fun to watch at USC. Um, See him playing safety when he played more of a crash linebacker in college. Uh, The kid had sacks. I think he led the team in sacks his final year. At least he tied with uh, Porter Gustin. But, man, I don't know what to tell you. But, yeah, shout-outs to Cam Smith, man. Cam Smith always doing his thing. Um, Porter Gustin showed up, I believe, with a sack. The secondary, 
I knew wasn't going to be challenged just because of the quarterback situation at Western Michigan, losing his best QB and not really being able to have someone take hold of the job. But maybe you can put that on USC, USC's secondary. Marvell Tell. Who looks better than Marvell Tell in a uniform out there? Returning that interception. God just looks like a million bucks, man. He looks like somebody who needs a little bit more publicity, man, so we can get this cat into the upper round, into the first few rounds of the draft, man, because he looks like somebody's 6'2", 6'3", safety out there roaming around, uh, being able to play kind of a cornerback position if necessary, being able to play over the slot. Uh, he can he can run your cover one shell, your single high safety. And he can also be dropped down in the box. He's that versatile. But that same can, can be said of just about all USC's um, secondary members. A lot of guys are, are versatile. A lot of guys like Iman Marshall and them, I think they could play safety as well, which bodes well to me for the future if you can get that pass rush the way you need it, need it to be. I want to see USC with cats, multiple cats with, 10 sacks or double digit sacks like you would see at LSU and and some of these other teams that I cover that's when to me the scheme is doing what it needs to do but first and foremost it's going to be about being better against the run if you're not good against the run man I don't know if you can be a championship team because when it comes down to it in the playoffs man uh, everything constricts you know people are going to try to run the ball a little bit more you're going to try to in a one-off game at the very least you know if you can run the ball in a one-off game you have a chance to win and you know if you can defend the run in a one-off game, you have a, a very good chance to win, too. So we'll see if that improves later on. The talent is there. Rasheem Green. Shout-outs to Rasheem Green, man. Kid was starting to live it up to the hype. I mean, seems like Rasheem Green's like 29 years old. <laughs> I've been hearing about Rasheem Green forever. So it's good to see him out there. Good to see him healthy. Good to see him contributing. Uh, he's going to be a big-time factor moving forward. So... Um. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it, man. I don't want to go in depth like like Adam and Chris would go. So I just want to do my analysis thing and go ahead and preview this Stanford game. But just had to shed a little bit of light on that Western Michigan game and go back. So if you guys didn't see that article that I wrote, make sure you go and check out that Western Michigan article, and so you can check out all the content. But like I said before, get yourself a subscription. But on the other side, man, I'm gonna go ahead and jump into some of this deviation from the norm stuff that you see from Stanford. get back into it let's get into the bare bones of it stanford man stanford's looking extremely extremely like it used to look back in the andrew luck days so i was working on of course the infrastructure of the offense and seeing how it deploys personnel so in the article i had this week i talk about the masters of deviation and the masters of oh, creativity and how it deploys its tight ends. 
And man, I'm talking about 13 personnel, 22 personnel, um, which will be uh, three tight end sets, um, two tight end sets as well with with two bags back there, 22 personnel. And addition to that, it's just about always keeping you guessing. See, the thing about being a defensive player is you want everything to be just like how it's supposed to be, how you study it on film. You can't really get a beat on what Stanford's trying to do because they'll take a tight end and you'll see them one set as an inline blocker, the Y, and then you'll see him as the second tight end in the, in the formation. Right? It'd be the U. You see that same tight end split out wide at an X receiver. You'll see him at an H back. You'll see him position um, on a wing or at a full back. They'll just take guys and move them all around. So if you have your guy, of course, you're just going to be going by your particular assignment. But if your assignment changes and the guy you're guarding changes, they're giving you different looks. You know that this guy's bigger than you or this guy's faster than you. This guy's more athletic than you. This guy's tougher than you. It just throws a monkey wrench in the program and makes you think a lot. And as defensive players, you don't want to think. Defense is about effort and about just going to get the ball, right? And offense is about rhythm and it's about execution. Well, they're both about execution, of course, but you know the rhythm and timing of an offense usually dictates how good and successful that offense could be. So, man... When you're talking about Stanford, and we're talking about the guys that they have right now, I'm talking about like Kobe Parkinson. He's a true freshman. I know you guys know him, man. He's a straight-up freak. Um, we saw him when he had a couple of touchdowns in a Rice game. He had a fade touchdown that I um, diagrammed. Didn't necessarily diagram. Didn't really have to diagram anything. It just shows you what putting a big guy like that out at an X receiver would do. Um, Same thing with Dalton Schultz. He's been around for a little bit. Um, kind of a undersized looking tight end, but man, he's very athletic. He can move out in space. They'll get him the ball on like jerk routes. Uh, he runs seam routes. He can definitely be the second tight end in the formation. Not necessarily inline blocker, U type like Kobe Parkinson is, but he can be a guy that they put in the slot. Uh, he can be a guy that they can put an H back as well. So I really like I really like him a lot. Um, I believe the other guy would be my man Caden Smith. Uh, Caden Smith, man, very freaky as well. Uh, bigger dude, 250-pound type tight end. More of the Y in the formation, but can be moving around. So they like to get big guys, big versatile guys that they can put in there all together. So having this, thinking about this, 13 personnel, right? If you're a team like SC, you probably want to combat that with your base 5-2. Um, or 3-4. It's really a 3-4, but I mean, matter semantics. 5-2. And you're going to want to have more linebackers on the field, right? Wouldn't you think so? If you have guys who are 250 pounds, 6 foot 5, you would think that some of your 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 guys like Chris Hawkins and them might not be the best people to to try to go against some of these 6 foot 7 guys they have like a Kobe Parkinson. So you would think that that honor would go to maybe Cam Smith, John Houston Jr., and guys like that. Osa Messina, <laughs> the cat could have got his act together. Perfect, perfect type of cat to go against that man. Crazy man. So what? You never know what life throws at you, right? So um, yeah. But 
that's what we call a conflict of deployment. So if you're talking about a conflict of deployment, you just don't know exactly where you would throw that out. So if Stanford, they're able to get into it and you never know, they could get it to where they could vary the tempo. Suppose they go up tempo and go 13 personnel and that's when they can sit in and be able to rotate that 13 personnel in theory, having three tight ends, but still rotated to 22 personnel. Move one of those tight ends back to a fullback. Then you have your two backs and your two tight ends. Or you can be a straight up spread team where all the middle guys are tight ends or even one of the guys is at, at a zero X receiver is a tight end too. So you got three receivers on a spread. Now, how are you going to deal with that? Just the thought of them throwing maybe like a money screen and having a defensive back try to tackle one of those big guys out in space like that, man, you talk about an automatic chain mover. That's scary. That's some, some real scary stuff. That's what I want to see SC get to. I mean, you have Tyler Petit and Daniel Matcher, baby. He'll be about finding that third guy and being able to deploy him like that. I know that fans of SC definitely want to see more traditional personnel, pro personnel, whether it be two backs and one tight end, or probably cheetah personnel. That would be probably the personnel grouping of choice. I would have to think with three wide receivers and just one back, one tight end. But man, that to me, that's the wave of the future. Like Stanford's doing something that you would consider traditional, but it's the wave of the future. The tight end is that. The tight end these days, man, if you're around a lot of this high school football like 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 we are, tight ends are just matchup nightmares because you're taking these guys who usually will play basketball and now they're coming over and, and putting on a little bit of weight. And man, everybody's out there looking like Tony Gonzalez and everybody's out there, you know what I mean, looking like Antonio Gates and these guys, man. So I don't know. That's just me, but I like what Stanford does with that. And that just adds gaps in the run game as well. So if your people don't think about that, man, gaps are what to make the gaps are what make the world go around to me. You position these guys on a couple of on just say on a wing play. If you got your your ace personnel and you got your Y and your U on a wing, that's two extra gaps that you have to defend. Especially if you're talking about something that Stanford does, they like to run that stretch zone. More gaps you have, the more chaos that you have for someone to try to defend. Add those extra gaps out there. But in the run game, man, you can get those physical guys on there. Get get a hat on a hat. Combo up to the second level if you got some guys who can really get after it. It just makes your run game that much better. And Stanford's run game, despite the loss of Christian McCaffrey, I think it's still going to be very good with Bryce Love and Cameron Scarlett. I really liked how those guys were operating. We already know about Bryce Love being very explosive, but Cameron Scarlett's a guy I've been checking out uh, over the last couple of seasons. He really made his way in Stanford's spring game, and I was wondering if that was going to find its way until this season. Well, we'll see. Going against Rice and going against SC. <laughs> uh, different different talent level there, but he runs hard. Extremely physical. Number 22, Cameron Scarlett. Extremely physical guy. So he'll, 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 he'll make you, you know what I'm saying, bring your lunch pill. You want to, you're going to have to bring your lunch pail against SC. We know what SC's defense is about. They fly around to the ball. Not the biggest defense up front, but to me, one of the more athletic defenses out there. They're going to fly around to the ball. So, to me, that's some of the reason why it has problems in the run game. Uh, being those run fits are a little sketchy because guys are flying to the ball, man. You're going to get out of position. If you're that confident in your ability and your in your speed, 
And these things happen. So it's got to be a lot more discipline there. But we're talking about the run game. Yeah, they're going to do in that stretch zone, uh, inside zone, of course. But they've been doing a cool pin and pull technique, I've noticed. Uh, that would be where, let's just say, um, if, if you're going kind of like a kind of like a zone, like everyone's zone kind of zone blocking to one side, you'll take one particular guy and he'll block down on another man's guy while that guy pulls around and kind of leads. So kind of looks like your regular power play, but the pin and pull scheme, uh, you got guys skipping gaps and stuff like that. So cause a little bit of confusion if you're up front and you're that guy that's being blocked or being not blocked. You know what I'm saying? And also they're running their regular power. O, and they have a full back and H back again, kind of like Ryan Hewitt back in the day. So that's pretty cool to watch as well. Being able to, to see what they can get out of that. So it's your normal power O F opposite guard pull with a full back kicking out the end man line on the line of scrimmage power O H same thing, but with an H back and then they were pulling two guards. I call that a gag pull, a garden guard pull, pull two guards like that and change the complexion of the run. Cause you got those guys coming at you, especially if they're very talented, like Stanford's guards usually, usually are. And they were doing kind of a pin and pull with a tackle, kind of a T lead tackle, tackle kind of play. I saw a center and guard pull, cage pull, center and guard pull. They have a ton of different run concepts, just like they have a ton of different formations and personnel groupings. Although with the tight end being the basis of of it, they give you a lot to think about on defense. So, man, it should be a very good a very good game seeing them match wits like that, especially when you see Stanford get back to the old Stanford for, for me over the last couple of seasons, Stanford kind of got away from itself. Look more kind of like a spread team. And although you still see those spread elements with some of these guys, they got like a Donald Stewart who was a sophomore, six for four sophomore. It was kind of flashing on the screen for me in the rice game, kind of lengthy kind of cat. Um, one of them jumping being looking kind of cats. Uh, very, very formidable target right there. You also have a cat that that was a freshman, kind of a littler guy. I think he was wearing number five, like Christian McCaffrey, uh, Connor Weddington. My man's about six feet tall, kind of a little guy, kind of almost kind of looks like Christian McCaffrey, but he can run that slot stuff. Uh, he can go out wide as well. He's just a good athlete, good shifty kind of guy. So a shifty kind of cat. So if you deploy those type of cats with those big tight ends, and I just mentioned three of them, and it's like they had a couple of more. <laughs> I don't remember the names, but they they were running like five tight end deep. Now that's crazy with a fullback slash H back guy, the fake Ryan Hewitt. So, man, know about y'all out there, but I am ready. It can't come soon enough, man. This is gonna be dope. You got SC Stanford. Then the following week, man, you got Canelo and Triple G for all you boxing fans out there. Like my man Swanee. Swanee. I don't know if y'all know about that, man. Your man Swanee is a straight up boxing savant. He's like Swanee Atlas. <laughs> He's like Swanee Kellerman or something like that. Dude. Guys like Rain Man with boxing. So I love talking boxing with him. But yeah, so that's about it, man. I try to give you guys something something to watch. Um, tr- definitely try to do it on offense, which is really my love as a defensive player to scout an offense. But you're talking about. Stanford's defense, you already know it's going to be solid. That's what those guys do, what those guys do. So, but I still think that SC can have success if you're talking about 
swapping technique and swapping physicality. SC tries to play like it did against Western Michigan at the end of the Western Michigan game and tries to make this who's a who's tougher contest. Man, I'm not so sure that SC wouldn't win that. Straight up, as tough as Stanford is, man, I think SC has those type of tough horses. And we already see that the receiving corps is not where it was in years past as far as production-wise. I think you got a lot of guys that are on the come up, like a Josh Maturbebe eventually is going to be really good, or Joseph Lewis, some cat that I've been watching for a minute. He was um, extremely highly rated cat. At least at one point in time he was. I'm not sure what happened. But, you know what I'm saying? So, and you got those little guys, like I said before. But, man, there's a ton of talent out wide for passing. And we know Sam Darnold, one of the, if not the best quarterback. Got shout-outs to Josh Rosen, though, man. I like me some Josh Rosen. And that cat was dealing it against Texas A&M. So, good to see him back. Hopefully, he stays injury-free so you can see that shootout between him and Sam be like the old the old days before you guys even were watching football some of you guys probably just started watching football man i'm from the south man but i was watching um k mcnown and them cats way back in the day when i was younger some of you cats is like 73 years old too so you probably got me on that but man as long as i was a little kid man i was trying to watch every, any and everything big east football pack pack 10 football pack 12 football um Big Ten, whatever. Big Ten, definitely. SEC, ACC, and I watch it all. So, if you're out there, man, make sure you don't just watch SC. Watch everybody, man, so you can see what's going on and some of the new trends that are coming up that'll make its way to Los Angeles or some of the true trends that SC has that nobody else is doing that can make its way to somewhere else, right? All right? But until the next time, make sure you get on over to Trojan Sports. Type yourself a subscription so you can see what I'm talking about, man. We're giving out all this good info, but we can't give it out for free, baby, because if it's great, you got to pay for greatness. We have greatness at Trojansports.com. But until the next time, this has been Scheme to Death. I'm your man, Murph Baldwin. Find me at Murph Baldwin, M-U-R-F-B-A-L-D-W-I-N on Twitter. Peace.